Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Let's Talk Pregnancy and Postpartum Health. Welcoming a baby into the world is one of life's greatest experiences. Your pregnancy, of course, will give you plenty of time to make those important decisions about the type of maternity care you want for you and your baby. And Providence is really here to ensure that this time is filled with both happy anticipation and confidence to make those informed choices. I'm your host, Ariana Lake, a communication manager at Providence. And today we are speaking with Allison Malinsky, certified nurse midwife at Providence Mission Hospital, Mission Viejo. And today we're really talking about midwifery programs at Providence, the difference between midwifery and traditional obstetrics and helping you decide what might be best for you if you're pregnant and wondering about your options or maybe you're thinking about starting a family. So Allison, thank you so much for being here to talk about this important topic. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So let's get started getting to know a little bit about you and your passion for this work. What led you into healthcare and what do you do as a certified nurse midwife? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I got my undergraduate degree at UC Berkeley. And at the time, I had no idea what midwifery was and had no idea that that's where I would land. I got my uh, degree in international development. I had intentions of traveling abroad, working in underdeveloped communities. Uh, So when I graduated, I traveled to Jakarta, Indonesia and spent a few months there and ended up at a public health clinic uh, that took care of moms and babies. And while I was there teaching English, it occurred to me that I had the potential to do something more. I really wanted to acquire a skill set that I could offer these women and kids um, in these underdeveloped communities, but also in my home here in the U.S. So I decided to pursue a nursing degree, um, which led me to midwifery. And I uh, went to Columbia University, got a a bachelor's in nursing, and then a master's in nurse midwifery. After graduating with my graduate degree, I came back to Southern California, where my family was, and started sending out my applications. And I was so fortunate to get a first certified nurse midwife job um, in my local community at a local freestanding birth center. I worked there for a few years. I was the uh, one of a handful of midwives that took care of low-risk women from pregnancy, birth, and their postpartum period um, outside of a hospital setting in, in, a, in a traditional freestanding birth center. It was a wonderful experience. It really gave me a solid foundation in in midwifery um, and really showed me what an empowering style of care was for women as they um, entered their reproductive years, were looking to expand their family, and were seeking a care provider um, that really looked at them as a whole person and really wanted them to understand what their options were. I have since been in hospital practice And I uh, have been at some of the other local hospitals in the area, and I'm currently at Mission uh, Providence Mission Hospital in Mission Viejo, where I've been for three years. I currently work in a collaborative midwife physician practice, so I work in a team of four midwives, um, in uh, or alongside, I should say, with ten OBGYNs, and we take care of low-risk, healthy women who are seeking midwifery care but are looking for a more empowering and very personalized um, style of care when it comes to their pregnancy and birth. Wow, that is amazing. Your your breadth of experience is so impressive. And I appreciate you bringing that into this background, this conversation today. As we talk about a topic that, you know, I think uh, as I think about my friends who are having children, this is something that comes up a lot. So thank you for giving us that great background about what you've been doing throughout your career. I think it's really helpful as we have this conversation about what a midwife is, because so many of us are wondering, you know, what what does a day in the life look like for you? What what do you do in your job? So can we talk about what is a midwife and how does it differ from a traditional OBGYN? 
That is a great question and one that I answer quite often. Uh, I am a certified nurse midwife, meaning that I have a bachelor's and master's degree in nursing. Um, there are other kinds of midwives out in the community. Some are licensed midwives, also known as certified professional midwives. They have achieved a three-year uh, post-baccalaureate midwifery degree, independent of nursing. Um, and there's also traditional or lay midwives who have a less formal style of education. I think the unique and very beautiful thing about midwifery is that we are trained to view pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum period as normal life events. Uh, life events that are physiologic in nature, they tend to be low risk and uncomplicated for the vast majority of women, and they, de they deserve to be celebrated, honored, respected. Um, so as we work alongside women who are newly pregnant um, and are going into pregnancy and labor, we really into uh, their birthing time, I should say, we really focus on education, counseling, informed consent, making sure that they understand their options. Um, and really walking alongside this very vulnerable and very intimate journey as partners. Uh, we really focus on individualized care, personalizing their care. We really take time with every family. In my practice, we have 30-minute prenatal visits, uh, which allow allows us to really get to know each other, to build a relationship. Uh, we want to understand them on a more holistic basis, not just uh, the medical side of things, but how are they doing emotionally, mentally? How's their relationship? Um, where are they at spiritually? Um, and, you know, having those kinds of uh, lengthy appointments and this commitment to a relationship, I think really allows us to have a, a, a relationship where we can guide the women through this journey um, better. I, I love the empowerment side of what you were talking about. Um, I haven't had a child myself, but you know, thinking if that were to be the case as a new mom, or even maybe someone who's had children before, having that partner walk with you and and be able to care for the whole person is so important. Um, what kind of feedback do you get from your patients, or is there anything that stands out about that way of of caring? I think women find that it's a very empowering experience. Obviously, safety is first. You know, we, we want um, safe, happy, healthy moms and babies. But I think that uh, childbirth is such an incredible opportunity for women to see what they're capable of. And when women are empowered to see what their bodies are capable of, they start put their postpartum journey as mothers in a much stronger sense, right? Uh, we see decreased rates of postpartum depression. Moms are um, breastfeeding at higher rates. Uh, they're bonding with their babies better. Uh, and it's a very great start to motherhood. Um, we have the ability to do all of the routine lab work that our OB counterparts do. You know, women would be offered all of the genetic screening tests, all of the routine ultrasounds. Um, we want to make sure that a mom and baby unit are, are safe and healthy, um, developing appropriately over the course of the pregnancy. We want to make sure that a woman is well-informed of her birthing options. Um, our area of expertise is low-risk, uncomplicated vaginal births, um, and most women are able to do that. Um, we are able to support women if they want an unmedicated birth, but of course, we're also there if they want an epidural. It doesn't matter to us. There is no trophy at the end, other than a baby, of course. Um, it doesn't matter to us what a woman's birth preferences are. We're there to hold space for her body to do what it's designed to do. If we detect any red flags, any concern, then we have the interventions that we need at our fingertips. Uh, most of us work in a hospital setting and have easy access to epidurals, Pitocin, uh, which is a medication to encourage the contraction pattern. Um, continuous fetal monitoring, uh, all of those interventions can be managed by nurse midwives. And then, of course, if a cesarean is needed or a higher level of care, then we collaborate with our physician colleagues.
Amazing. Given your scope of experience and the care you can provide, what kind of training does a midwife go through? I mean, you spoke about your education, but can you highlight a little bit more about that for us? Sure. So most nurse midwives in today's day and age have achieved both a bachelor's in nursing and a master's in nursing. So we're similar to a nurse practitioner with our area of expertise being uh, low risk uh, pregnancy, birth and postpartum. We also do well woman care. So women can come to see us with our pap smears, breast exams, vaginitis or UTI concerns, uh, mammogram referral. We can prescribe medication in all 50 states. Um, and we're low-risk autonomous providers. Um, other, other nurse midwives will have also achieved a doctorate-level uh, education as well. Wonderful. Um, I know you were talking about working in a hospital setting, um, and you alluded a little bit. Not everyone works in a hospital setting as a, as a midwife. Is that correct? Correct. So about 95% of certified nurse midwives work in a hospital today. The remaining 5% uh, work out in the community, either in freestanding birth centers or in home birth. You spoke about how midwives can offer other amazing services for women's health. Can you kind of speak about um, what those are and, and why a patient may come to you for those as opposed to a more traditional um, course of treatment or provider? I think that women are really understanding that midwifery, that the midwifery model of care is a very personalized style of care. It's um, individualized to each woman. It's intended to look at the whole woman from her physical wellness to her mental wellness to her emotional wellness. Um, and it's a lot more comprehensive than the traditional obstetric um, style of care. So when women come to a midwife, you know, oftentimes it's because they're pregnant. Uh, we take care of them from day one of their pregnancy to their birthing time through their postpartum. They often come back to see us for their, for their pap smears and for their well woman checkups. Um, I often see many women come back for repeat pregnancies, which is so fun, you know, to have caught the, two, you know, one, two, three, four babies in any given family. It's such a special relationship. I think that women really enjoy working with nurse midwives because it's such an empowering style of care. Um, and it is a really unique experience to work with somebody who is so invested in your overall wellness. When we talk about midwifery, a lot of times I hear from my friends, um, I hear them talking about doulas kind of in the same breath when they're considering what to do with their care. Can you explain the difference between what a doula is and does and what a midwife does? Absolutely. So a, a midwife is a medical professional. So we're there to take care of mom and baby and to make sure that there is a good outcome and that mom and baby are safe and happy and healthy, of course. A doula is uh, labor support. So they are experts at what they do. They are there to provide uh, support for a mom throughout her birthing um, process to provide um, physical, mental, and emotional support. So oftentimes, we'll encourage a woman in the prenatal period to interview various doulas out in the community and to hire one. Um, this person often will provide a few prenatal visits uh, before the, the birth of the baby to understand uh, any medical concerns that the woman might have, to understand what her birth, what her birth plan and preferences are. She will often show up uh, in early labor to a woman's home, uh, providing support to both her and her partner. I find that um, support, supporting the partner is just as important as, support, as supporting the birthing person. 
uh, it can be very difficult to provide support to your to a laboring woman um, because it is such an intense emotional and physical process. And having an experienced doula at the bedside can be so wonderful. So a doula is there rubbing her back, whispering in her ear, saying, you can do this, encouraging her to change positions, encouraging her to pee and to eat and to hydrate. She's helping to track the contraction pattern. She's calling and communicating with the provider, um, the midwife or the doctor, and helping to bring that patient in to the hospital or to her birthing environment at the appropriate time. Doulas continue to stay by the bedside once a woman has transitioned from home to the hospital, in in our instance, um, and continues to be continuous labor support um, throughout her entire birthing process until the birth of the baby, and is often there afterwards taking photos, offering breastfeeding support, um, and continues to be that emotional support for her. Um, They often have postpartum follow-up where they will debrief the birth. We find that uh, doulas are absolutely wonderful. We love working with doulas and we highly encourage all of our patients to hire a doula. Continuous labor support in the form of a doula is actually an evidence-based practice. Um, We know that a woman who hires a doula, meaning a continuous labor support person that is not her husband, her midwife, her mother, her friend, the nurse, actually leads a woman to have higher rates of vaginal delivery, decreased rates of interventions, and a higher patient satisfaction with the entire experience. Very cool. That is so amazing to hear. And I can see why that would make such a difference to have someone who is not just your support system, but you know that is their key job. They have the training and the expertise. So what an amazing asset. And it sounds to me like you really welcome them with open arms and work closely with them through the whole process. Absolutely. We love working with doulas. That is great. Um, Can we talk a little bit about money and wondering, is a midwife and midwife care generally covered by insurance? It can be. And in our practice, it absolutely is. We actually we actually accept most insurances, including Medi-Cal. We want we want midwifery to be accessible by all women. Um, So I love that I'm in a practice that accepts insurance, including Medi-Cal. We've talked a little bit about how midwifery is, it seems to be growing across our nation, across the world, more people are seeking this out. Um, Can you speak to, is is this common to have a midwife in other countries? You know, why is this growing in the U.S. right now? I think that one of the major reasons that we don't have um, a a stronger midwifery presence in the United States is because of our roots. our historical roots. During colonial times, um, most babies were delivered by midwives, either by midwives of British origin who had brought their midwifery training with them um, from Britain, um, or from enslaved women from Africa who brought their midwifery skill sets with them. Uh, In the early 1900s, there was a huge push by OBs to bring um, women out of the home and out of the care of midwives into the hospital setting. In 1914, Um, twilight sleep became introduced, uh, which basically um, was morphine for pain relief, as well as scopolamine, uh, medication that made women have no memory of their birthing experience. This was held in high esteem. This was touted as a social symbol to be brought into a hospital to have access to this style of birthing and to birth with an OB. 
the most prominent OB at that time, obstetrician at that time, um, Dr. Joseph DeLee in 1915, wrote a textbook espousing um, a very medicalized style of birth. He basically said, spoke of the evils of, of natural childbirth um, and said that every woman should have ether, you know, twilight sleep, um, forceps and an episiotomy. We know that these interventions are problematic, especially when used routine in a routine fashion, and they became uh, used in a routine fashion uh, back in the early 1900s. So uh, midwifery really lost its foothold during this time as women flocked to the hospitals for these interventions for what they thought was a better experience. Uh, we know that between 1914 and 1929, infant mortality rates actually increased 40%. So it was not better outcomes that were achieved, unfortunately. Midwifery slowly regained a foothold um, over the course of the 20s and 30s um, with, the front, with the emergence of the Frontier Nursing Service. Uh, a prominent midwife by the name of Mary Breckenridge formed a small team of midwives in the South that primarily cared for poor and rural uh, families. They brought back the notion of uh, dads back at the bedside for labor and birth for breastfeeding, you know, the hospitals were not encouraging breastfeeding at the time, um, for natural childbirth, for physiologic childbirth. Uh, and that momentum continued into the 60s and 70s. Dr. Bradley, uh, you know, wrote a famous childbirth education uh, that really encouraged for uh, physiologic birth, um, for vaginal birth after cesarean, and to eliminate a lot of those routine interventions uh, that had been induced uh, over the course of the 1900s. And so here we are in 2022, where we're still fighting to become more mainstream and for women to be aware of what we have to offer. It still feels a little bit like a fringe movement, and it absolutely shouldn't be. I think we have something very valuable to offer women. Um, we have great outcomes. Uh, we have high patient satisfaction rates. In fact, there was a Cochrane review um, done in 2016. A Cochrane review is basically a, um, an overview of all of the data available um, of all of the studies that have been done. And it basically said that the midwifery model of care allows for decreased rates of preterm deliveries, increased rates of spontaneous vaginal births, and decreased rates of common interventions like uh, epidurals, episiotomies, and instrument deliveries like forceps or vacuum. So we know that midwives have a lot to offer, uh, but a lot of America still doesn't know that we're here, that we exist, um, and that we can take care of women, low-risk women, regardless of their birthing preference. You know, I think many women associate us with an unmedicated style of birthing. And we do that. We do that beautifully. Um, but we're also happy to take care of anybody who wants an epidural or needs other interventions or other level of care. You are really opening my eyes up to not just the experience of our midwives, but you know the full scope of care, the empowerment aspect, um, and, and why this can be such a great option for a woman. If there's someone listening to this right now and they're thinking, okay, maybe midwifery might be the option I want to take, um, are there resources or something you can share to help them make that decision or learn more about making that decision for themselves? There's a wonderful website, uh, midwife.org, uh, where you can type in your information, uh, your zip code, and, and come up with your local midwifery organizations. I definitely recommend at least an interview, a meet and greet with your local midwives. See what they have to offer. See if it's a good fit. Um, you know, 
it's not like you're going in for surgery. It's not like something is wrong when you show up for your eight-week visit, uh, newly pregnant. This is exciting. This is normal. Um, and working with a midwife is a very unique experience. And I think you'll you'll get that from your immediate meet and greet um, with how uh, a midwife is very invested in you as a person and making sure that this is an empowering experience. So I highly recommend seeking out at least a consult uh, with a local midwife to see what they're all about. Is that website the best place for us to start if we're trying to find different midwives in our area? Or, you know, is there a master list that I can go to? I think midwife.org is the best. A, a Google search, social media, Yelp are all great places to check out as well. And what kind of certifications or quality should I be looking for as I'm going through the list of midwives in my community? As a certified nurse midwife, <laughs> I love what certified nurse midwives have to offer. You know, we work within the medical model of care, meaning that most of us as certified nurse midwives work in hospitals and have collaborative uh, agreements with our with our physician colleagues. So we can take care of a low-risk women, plan for a low-risk physiologic birth experience. But if anything changes, you know, should risk factors develop? Should the baby have any problems? Should mom develop diabetes, high blood pressure? Um, should baby not be in an optimal position, for example, breach. Um, we have seamless access to physicians to help take care of the woman, you know, at whatever level of care she might need. So I, I highly recommend looking into certified nurse midwives, but of course, all my midwife colleagues out there are, are going to be great, uh, depending on what you're looking for. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and at what point in a pregnancy should someone be looking for this? Uh, right away. Um, as a certified nurse midwife, I can see you from day one um, for their very first visit where we can listen to the baby's heart rate, um, heartbeats, you know, confirm your pregnancy and talk about next steps. I think it's really important to build a relationship sooner than later. Many women don't realize that midwifery is an option until later in their pregnancy. And that's fine, too. You know, if, if you would like to transfer into the care of a midwife, you know, at a later gestation, you know, say 28, 30 weeks, that's totally fine. We do it. We see that in our practice quite often. Um, I would even recommend meeting and greeting with a midwife and initiating care before you're pregnant. Many women come to us for preconception visits to talk about what they can do to optimize their chances of a healthy, low-risk pregnancy. Uh, so I would highly encourage someone to consider that. I love that you highlighted that. What an amazing relationship to start so early. Um, as we close out our conversation today, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, where you're providing care and what makes Providence's midwifery program really set apart from others that you've worked at or that you're aware of? I am very proud of what we offer at Mission Hospital. Um, we have a beautiful collaborative midwife physician practice, as I've been alluding to. I work in a team of four midwives with 10 physician colleagues. Um, we have an autonomous midwifery practice, meaning that women who want midwifery care can come into our practice and work exclusively with us. But if anything goes awry in their pregnancy or uh, a higher level of care is needed, I can consult with one of my physician colleagues in our practice. And I even have easy access to a maternal fetal medicine specialist, a high risk um, practitioner who can consult with us. Um, in terms of birthing options, we have two environments, which is amazing uh, for women, depending on what they're looking for. We have our traditional labor and delivery unit for women that want or need an epidural or other interventions, like an induction, Pitocin, monitoring of the baby, so forth. Um, we also have midwifery suites. It's the first in-hospital birth center in Orange County here in Southern California. Um, we have rooms that are set aside exclusively for families that are working with a midwife. 
who are desirous of this unmedicated physiologic birth experience with no or minimal interventions. Um, we ask that women have taken a childbirth education class because we really find that that empowers them along the journey to take a class alongside our prenatal care to really understand stages of labor, coping techniques, those kinds of things. If a woman chooses this environment, um, she'll often labor at home for as long as she can. Typically, she'll have her, her doula come to the home um, to help her and her partner find their rhythm. They come to us in an advanced labor pattern, meaning a woman is really huffing and puffing, you know, often in advanced labor. Um, when she shows up, we uh, make sure that mom and baby are low risk, doing well with some monitoring of mom and baby right out of the gates. But assuming that all is normal, which it is most of the time, then we'll bring her to her midwifery suite, uh, which is a dimly lit room with access to a queen bed, a tub for laboring, a shower, laughing gas, uh, birth balls, squat stools. There's a Bluetooth sound, sound system to play their playlist for whatever music may resonate with a woman in that moment. And we really just hold the space and let a woman progress naturally over the course of her labor without utilizing any interventions. Um, as a woman continues to labor, she'll have the urge to push, and we let her push, standing, squatting, sideline. Um, and dad will often help catch the baby. We do delayed cord clamping um, and bring that baby skin to skin uh, right away. We really ensure that it is a quiet space to really honor the, the sacredness of birth uh, because birth is so special and so beautiful. Um, and then mom will go on to have a 24-hour postpartum stay in that room. Now, at any point during this process, things may change, right? Uh, that's the nature of labor and birth. So if a woman decides um, after laboring for a while, she doesn't want to do it anymore and she wants an epidural, we call anesthesia. Um, if there is medical reason to introduce a physician, we absolutely will. We have a laborist on site, meaning we have a doctor who, who stays, lives <laughs> in labor and delivery 24-7 to be an extra set of hands for a midwife or another physician colleague um, should anybody need an extra physician. And I also have a physician on call um, that I can consult with at any point in time. Um, we also have 24-7 um, anesthesia for epidurals as needed. And we have 24-7 NICU services should baby come out and need an extra level of care. So again, you know, we really plan for this low-risk physiologic birth experience, but we have um, access to um, higher levels of care, higher levels of care every step of the way should it be necessary. Absolutely incredible. What I'm hearing from you is, you know, what sets Providence apart is the expertise, the collaborative care model that we have across all specialty types, depending on what a birthing person needs, the compassion um, to empower the woman and just make this or the birthing person just make this the best experience. So thank you for walking us through and giving us such a good picture of, of what it is like to have a relationship with a midwife and to go through this whole process from start to finish. Um, as we close our conversation today, is there anything else we missed talking about that you think is important for our listeners to know or something you just want to reemphasize? I have had two babies myself. I have a seven-month-old baby girl and a three-and-a-half-year-old son, and they were both born under the care of midwives. And I can truly say um, that it, they were both magical experiences, even though there were complications in both the pregnancy and births <laughs> um, that were unexpected. But I felt so supported and so empowered, and it was a really beautiful experience. And I just wish that every woman could experience pregnancy and birth in that way to really feel uplifted and supported um, by a team while also ensuring that her safety, mom and baby safety is, is, is upheld as well. 
there's no better testament to something like this than a personal experience. So I appreciate you sharing your journey as well, um, both as a professional in this field and as a mom. That is so special. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Well, thank you all for listening today on Let's Talk Pregnancy and Postpartum. We really look forward to continuing this important conversation on prenatal health, obstetrics, midwifery, and postpartum care from more Providence experts in future episodes. Make sure to listen to all of our shows on Dash Radio under Future of Health Radio or your favorite podcast platform. And of course, follow us on social media. We have great content there on Twitter and Facebook at Providence. You can also find us on Instagram under Providence Health Systems. To learn more about our mission, programs, and services, go to providence.org. And please remember the information provided during today's program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Thank you for listening. And remember, at Providence, we see the lights in you.